Hello and welcome to the One Nation Pragmatists with Neil Freshwater and Nick Lampen. Are we get are we going to talk about why we had a hiatus for a year? Um, life, busyness. Uh, I, I think we ought to say yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we ought to be honest and say we got we got completely disillusioned by Brexit. Oh, well, I did anyway. Yeah. Well, I, well, I know that, and just just time time got other things got in the way. But what yeah. I thought we could quite quite cleverly package up uh, package What's up that? the season. I thought we could quite uh, cleverly package it up as uh, season one, leave it on the shelf as a box set, and then move on to season two, uh, which is uh, this <laughs> first episode. But um, we made it. We made it to season two. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a very uh, a, a family friend actually who's recently launched a pod- podcast, and it was fantastic. He's, he's he's even building a studio for it, but he hasn't churned out a uh, an episode since December. Although he has a good excuse in that he is building a very cool uh, recording studio in his. Uh, yeah, garden. that sounds like uh, the sort of people who spend all of their time working out their logo and their font and their business name and all the rest of it instead of just getting on and running the business. No, no, to be fair, he's already done 10 episodes and they are they are remarkably impressive, uh, given okay. that neither the people that run it are, are trained. Uh, are trained uh, <clears throat> but once it's back up and running, I might give them, I might give them the plug. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we thought I'd talk today about the rather uh, exciting topic of electoral reform. It's quite funny. I was at a dinner party. I was not a dinner party, but I was out for friends uh, out with for dinner with friends a few weeks ago in in, in Yorkshire, and I, I don't know why, but I suddenly said, um, "What are your views on electoral reform?" And of course, I went down like a lead balloon. And um, I'm usually <laughs> a bit more I'm usually a bit more adept at um, dinner time conversation, but I, I managed to uh, really um, uh, I didn't manage to uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, destroy the evening. I, I managed to destroy. I, I managed to destroy the the, the immediate. Uh, aftermath, but yeah. Anyway, it's, it, the point being, it's not a particularly uh, exciting topic. Um, so the questions I'm posing today is two. One is, how do you make electoral reform uh, a topic that people are interested in? And secondly, how do you make the case or not for uh, progressive centre-right parties to, uh, or centre-right people uh, to uh, adopt it as an issue? And the way I see the problem at the moment with I mean, the, the, the merits, we can talk about the merits of, of different systems in a second. But the first thing I say that about the kind of getting people interested, the problem with that is it kind of, on the one hand, is this very uh, technical uh, topic with ballot papers and equations and X's and boxes and so on. That only happens once every couple of years, uh, obviously with the exception of the last five years, where we've had one just about every six months. Um, but on the other hand, it's also a very philosophical topic. You know, how do you elect your... Uh, how does democracy work? How do you elect your representatives? What is the, the purpose of an election? Uh, what is the purpose of your uh, local M- MP or MSP, etc.? cetera? Uh, and all these things are, will never be answered because they're very much in the ethical philosophy. So, of course, in between that, you have this space, which is about, well, are people going to be interested in this, in this subject, which is either seen as, as I say, very technical and boring or very uh, philosophical. Moving over to the, uh, the arguments. The arguments have been relatively uh, well uh, rehearsed over the years for uh, and against the principle being that the number of ballot paper, uh, ballot of uh, votes cast across uh, a particular area, so the whole of the UK, for example, uh, is broadly representative 
uh, of the seats that, that uh, those votes um, return. Um, the difficulty in challenging it from the, well, certainly from the centre-right within the Conservative Party and indeed the Labour Party is that historically it has it has suited them rather rather well. Um, there's been a, a kind of binary election system for most part of uh, recent history, whereby an election is held and it's uh, either Labour or Conservatives that win uh, with a, uh, a majority, an outright majority. Obviously, the exception being in recent years, where we've had two of the last three uh, general elections have returned minority governments. And indeed, up in Scotland, where we do have a proportional system, uh, and the opposite happened, but it did in fact return an outright majority back in 2000 and 2011, wasn't it? <clears throat> and the SNP got there. The absolute majority now they have a uh, they're in a sort of supply and uh, trust and supply uh, arrangement with the Greens. <clears throat> so these are the kind of issues that are out there. Why question the electoral system now? Why why fix something that isn't broke? And I suppose again it, it goes back to this. Yeah, the Brexit vote threw a spanner in the works, and I think part of the problem with it is that for many years the electoral system masks, and this is the you know, this is the. the the same language that you hear the, the various lobby groups that campaign for this sort of stuff. Uh, <clears throat> first past the post system um, masks the actual true feeling of the country. And when you end up throwing in a spanner to the works, i.e. a completely populist vote in the form of a referendum, you suddenly have this massive clash of the, uh, of the two systems. So you end up being very surprised when... Um, uh, a result suddenly comes out which you, you have not expected. Um, and that, therefore, I think is the potential case for making it. I've, I've never been particularly diehard about it. I think there's, there's arguments with retaining the status quo and uh, moving to a proportional system. Uh, but I think certainly the last five years, we have seen there being a, uh, a very much a polarisation. And this is very much a long-term. If you were to have an electoral reform, it would have to be a long-term um, plan because it's not going to suddenly uh yes okay you might have an immediate pact on the election results but there is an underlying culture which would happen i.e there is going to be a wider mix of, of political parties there's going to be compromise there's going to be more uh coalition governments and so on uh, so it's not necessarily a particularly sweet pill to swallow for many people uh, but over the time the, the culture uh the culture changes so that is kind of where where my thoughts are um <clears throat> do you have any strong views on like for from either way, or like my um friend at the dinner party the other week, he just simply said, uh, "I have no particular view either way." <laughs> um, I do you know what I my issue with electoral reform, and and I and I always used to be against it uh, because first past the post is easy to explain and it's simple and you know all of those all of those sort of. Um, all those sort of things, you know, the, the old idea that once you have to start explaining a policy, you've just lost the argument. Um, yeah. The, the problem is that the government was elected under the, the system. The government that will need to push the idea of, um, of reform has been elected successfully under the previous system, first past the post, uh, with a majority, and therefore it's not in their interest to reform the parliamentary electoral system. And this is always going to be the, the overwhelming problem, that people are only in favour of electoral reform when they're losing. As soon as they win, it's not of big interest. And, and generally, they, they've got bigger things 
um, to get on with rather than the electoral system. So whether that's economic or social or, or whatever. Um, and so the long and the short of it is, uh, short of it is that do I think we should have electoral reform? Yes, I do. Um, do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. So in essence, a government has to be extremely altruistic to say we are going to be elected uh, just to potentially fall on our sword. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's not so much the government, it's MPs. You know, you're basically yeah. asking a lot of them to vote for Christmas, uh, a lot of them to be turkeys voting for Christmas. And let's face it, as we've seen, um, it turns out that many of our MPs are not altruistic, but are deeply, deeply self-absorbed. Um, and possibly that's a qualification for becoming an MP. And mm. um, they are not, they're not going to vote themselves out of a job. Yeah. So, of course, the way the way to change that, of course, is to create such a groundswell of opinion uh, that only the party which has that essentially in its uh, policy is going to win in the first place. Yeah. So I mean, uh, a, bit, a bit like when Nicholas Clegg said we're going to scrap tuition fees. Uh, sorry, he, they were going to retain tuition, tuition fees. He uh, got um, hammered for that. But similarly, you would go in the, the reverse being that had he said... Um, uh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to um, support tuition fees. He would have. That's not not sure I'm going with this point. Anyway, the point being that um, yeah, you would have to you you would have to go in with a with, with a you would have to go in. Yeah, so that was my point. Breaking the promise, you'd have to go in knowing that if you broke the promise, there would be consequences to play in the longer term, which means getting the public uh, very very excited about electoral reform and making it a manifesto pledge, which I think is where the real challenges yeah and it's made academic uh for the foreseeable future yeah i mean you know the issue is you'd have to have um the equivalent of a of, of the brexit party but an electoral reform party who starts to suck votes from both the left and the right um and uh and was was basically endangering the two major parties who who are against electoral reform. Well, mm. I cannot see that there is ever going to be that groundswell of opinion because for the majority of people, politics is sadly completely alien to them anyway. You know, for the, for the vast majority of this country, the only time they're really paying attention to politics is, is when there's a general election. Um, and the rest of the time, you know, they're, they're getting on with their lives. You know, mm. and, and the political Twitterati and um, the media and those of us who like and are interested in politics or fascinated by it, we're the exceptions. And we spend way too much time talking amongst ourselves, like we are, <laughs> and, and not enough time get, getting out there in, quote unquote, the real world. Um, yeah. But uh, so, you know, I just cannot see how there there will ever be a a groundswell of of opinion i cannot see any any foresee any situation where um electoral reform is going to become a um there's going to be a groundswell of public opinion for electoral reform i don't think the argument yeah, i don't I mean think the argument can be contained simply enough for the majority of people to take an interest. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the times, I mean, interestingly, when we have introduced new electoral systems in relative 
recent years, which we have done across the UK, uh, obviously with notably under um, uh, devolution, where London, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland all have uh, slightly different versions of proportional representation. Then, of course, Scotland voted to change, or not voted, but it, it, it changed its um, local government elections from first past the post to uh, to single transferable vote. Um, the point being that whenever they bring in a new one from scratch, it's quite easy to, to set up a proportional system because you don't have anything to, there's no opposition to it in, in essence. But of course, there was no uh, discussion about that publicly uh, other than in the um, the wider although, uh, realms of devolution well, or introduction of yeah, although uh, STD as part of the wider government program. The, the electoral system in Scotland was um, absolutely designed ever to stop the majority of any one party, especially the SNP. Which, yeah, which of which, which of course was was a false statement because by simple mathematics it was it was all going to be the way. I mean, Scotland is a slightly strange situation, strange comment to work because um, Scotland uses a, the what is essentially a hybrid system, so it still has about 71, 72 first past the post seats uh, and a parliament of one hundred and twenty nine. Therefore, anyone who can do basic maths uh, knows that it's quite easy to win a majority um, outright because. You could have won a majority of seats before the proportional system even kicks in. Yeah. Uh, so whilst it made it made it quite hard, and yes, okay, only one um, one party or one election has been able to return a majority. Uh, there are systems which can, I believe, make it you know far harder. Whereas that was actually quite quite straightforward. And if you look at the results of the SNP back in um, back in uh, two thousand and fifteen, the Westminster elections, had you repeated that result in the Scottish Parliament elections, you might have had a similar result, where basically they they, they carry most of the uh, the first past the post seats, uh, and you know all they need to do is get 60, uh, 65, uh, 65 first past the post seats out of the seventy two. And as I say, they've they've got an outright majority, uh, regardless. Yeah. Uh, even if they were no proportional seats at all, uh, they've still got majority. So yeah, so that statement was a little bit of a bit of a falsity. But uh, there's absolutely no chance we're ever going to have electoral reform in this country because there's not a explainable narrative um, or the political will. There's mm. not an explainable narrative to people about why they've wanted and there's not a um, oh, what's what I'm looking for um, and there's not, there's no political you know no, no political party in power thinks they need electoral reform. They only need electoral reform when they're in opposition. Simple as that. Yeah. And what about the general premise of it? I mean, in terms of, I mean, do you think that it's inevitable? Do you think it will happen at any point? Um, you know, I mean, I suppose the one way that it might happen was when we saw it with unsuccessfully, although I hasten to add that it wasn't electoral, well, it was electoral reform, but it wasn't for a proportional system. But when the uh, Liberal Democrats came to power with the Conservatives, it was put on the uh, uh, coalition agreement that there would be a referendum on the alternative vote, which of course uh, was strongly defeated. Um, and although that wasn't necessarily a uh, proportional system, it does demonstrate that people generally are turned off by uh, electoral reform. The point being, however, that if there was a situation whereby, for example, uh, heaven forbid, uh, the Brexit Party and Boris are um, required to go into coalition together, the Brexit Party is a party which is advocating uh, reform. Be something oh. where, it, where it would sit. But they want electoral reform simply because they think it will allow them to have more members. 
if they start winning by the, by the first past the post system, they'll then say, "Oh no, we don't actually need electoral reform." You mean members? Well, that's a very good point. Yeah, members, as in members of parliament, as opposed to members of the party. Think, yeah, members of parliament rather than members. Yeah, of, yeah. well, that's that's a that's a very good point. Um, but I mean, you know, that... I'm I might be being cynical here about about politics, but I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. What about the actual system of? Um... What about the actual principle of it? I mean, there's this argument that on the one hand, first past the post is great because it's a very strong bond with the um the local constituency. You've got one MP um, who is responsible for that area, therefore they're a champion of it. Whereas in the proportional systems, you've got this um, supposed issue whereby there's people who are, uh, so for example, in Scotland, when you've got a first past the post seat, they're very focused. But then you've got others who are on a on a party list system, um, whereby they're just being carried along with the party wave. And- well, I mean, those those who... uh, they're not essentially elected. They're, they're only partly elected by the um, by the electorate. They're generally yeah. Um, I mean, those put there by their party. Those who are on the party list system spend uh, well, all all members or all MSPs spend a lot of time on their uh, their constituency. It's just that some have a constituency out in the wild, and the others is their constituency is the party, and um, and they have to spend a lot of time making sure they're high on the list so they get their seat. Yeah, which um, is why I would say that the best system to use would be a, a, essentially a combination of what we've got in Scotland and what these in, in, in Israel. I think it's Israel, actually. That might be wrong, but it's essentially an open list system. So at the moment, you have one vote for your constituency, which is dead straightforward, like your um, your uh, Westminster seat. And then you have a vote for the party list. And at the moment, that list is predetermined by the party, whereas you could actually have it whereby you put your name against a, a person. And that vote has a double purpose. One is it acts as a uh, party list uh, vote, but it also acts as the tool for, by which you determine which uh, members of those parties, uh, which which members of that list go in first. Uh, but as you can tell from my my explanation, it kind of gets back to the Christmas problem. It gets yeah. quite complicated and quite convoluted. I'm afraid you lost you lost 99.9 percent of the country reoccurring after about the first yeah. second. And and, 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 and and herein lies lies the dilemma. That said, is it is it enough? Is it is it therefore um, is that in itself enough to say well we shouldn't we, sh- we shouldn't um, put the case the case out there? Do we simply say well it's a lot co- lost cause, or do you think there is a case for uh, centre right to progressive centre right to make that case regardless um, of, of the outcome as a point of principle, or do no, you just, think just, actually just because you can't win at something that doesn't mean you shouldn't advocate it. <laughs> Mm. Um, and um, and as as the Brexiteers will have demonstrated, you know, um, you can what um, John Major's bastards, as it were, had seemed to have um, seemed to have won, you know, and and if you're well, Bill Cash, who has been banging on about Brexit for God only knows how many years, um, uh, you know, has finally his his he's um, he's won, you know. And well, so, just about, yeah. So there is an argument that, you know, if you bang on about something for long enough um, uh, or you advocate something for long enough and, and you do it with enough passion and enough feeling, then it, it can actually it can actually happen. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's two ways of looking at this in the context of, of, of electoral reform. Had we had a, a majority, a proportional system, you could argue, well, actually, there would have been a, a, a Eurosceptic uh parliament a long time ago 
or you could say, well, actually, the problem is because we haven't had uh, uh, we haven't had that gradual shift towards uh, a Eurosceptic Parliament. Um, we were suddenly being left with what you know many of us have seen recently that two or three years ago, had you offered people on the Brexit side the kind of Norway model, they would have they would have um, jumped at it. Whereas now yeah. you've seen that there's, there's been this, then, polar, been then, this then, polarization. Um, then, you know, that's an argument that, um, to say that the Irish have got it right, and you don't just put a a simple yes or no vote in front of people. You allow your representatives in Parliament, because we're still a representative democracy, despite the fact that people believe we're a delegatory democracy, um, uh, who can have time, whose job it is to think through the arguments and then go to the country and say, right, well, these are the two options we have, or these are the three options we have, not just Hmm. a binary yes, no, which, as it turns out, is a dreadful way to, um, to decide on. Yeah. Anyway, so we've had a rather technically um, challenging uh, return to the um, One Nation Pragmatist. Um, the, blo- the, the blogosphere. The blogosphere. The podosphere. Uh, way, I hope you can't hear the washing machine going on in the background. No, I can't. Right, okay. Uh, well, you might be able to hear it when you... Are we meant to be editing? You, you might have to edit this bit out, or you, you can leave it for the, uh, I'll, I'll the probably casual leave it listener. Because, yeah. yeah, the whole point about um, this is that, yeah... Also, also the fact that Flora has brought her bone from the kitchen into the into the sitting room and is now chewing it on the floor, so that's not very helpful either. Uh, Flora is Nick's dog, not Nick's wife. Just for anyone who's wondering. Yeah, no, no, uh, things aren't that bad here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about my my wife, who I wouldn't have anyway. But long story. Um, there we go. In, short story. Uh, <laughs> indeed. That's for, uh, another podcast. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, that's anyway, that's a whole um, other podcast. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway. anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, look us up online at anchor.fm forward slash ONP, or you can probably follow a link on your um I hope you said OMP there and not OMG. Did you? Now you're sharing. Now you're sharing. Right, okay. Um, because uh, I'm not quite that millennial. Uh, but also, you can, apparently, according to the stuff I, I read on the internet, uh, that you can send voicemails and they can be uploaded to the pod. You can, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. So if you if you go onto the um that website, yeah, you just click a button and record. It's quite cool. Cool. So, so uh, the, all sorts of people can send us really rude um, um messages, or yeah. no one will send us any message at all either. And you know, anyway, we... they can give it a go. Anyway, yeah, so, so drop on, uh, click on the, the link to the web page and send us a message. Anyway, until next time, uh, from me, Neil Freshwater, goodbye. And me, Nick Lampen, goodbye. See you later.